this is the Fearless Fathers Podcast, a podcast for you, the fathers who suffer in silence every single day. Come with us as we hit those main topics that are just burning through your soul. It's going to get uncomfortable, it's going to be fun, and together we will become fearless. What is going on to our fearless family checking us out again on the Fearless Fathers Podcast? I'm your host, Davo. Alongside me, I have the owner and creator of the Fandom Effect Podcast, an awesome geek nerd-based podcast covering everything from sports, video games, MMA, anime, you name it, you geek out about it, you're all about it, I'm about it. Mark, say what's up to the Fearless Fathers family. What's up, everybody? What is going on? That is the question of the day. Introduce Mark a little bit, but I, I always like it when our fathers tell us their story, when they tell us about them. So Mark, tell the Fearless family a little bit about yourself. Oh yeah, so um, not not newly father. Uh, my son is a little over two and a half. Turns three in a couple months here. Um, kind of bounced around. I lived in Michigan for a large part of my life. Just moved to Wisconsin about a little less than a year and a half ago. So it's fun being a hardcore Lions fan in the <laughs> middle of Packer country. That's, uh... <laughs> Boo. Yeah, I'm surrounded by Packer flags, and my son's now understanding what football is but he only knows the packers because of my wife and her whole family so i cry internally multiple times a year during football season but you know <laughs> i'm just gonna push that down and just you know ignore that for later hey man i'm, <laughs> I'm a cowboys fan in pennsylvania so believe me i Ooh, know you're yeah, that's yeah. that's way out there <laughs> yeah a little bit <laughs> uh but yeah i i kind of like you had said in the beginning i've pretty much been in the nerd geek uh field for 20 25 plus years now kind of did a little bit of everything i've done cosplay i've done podcasting before um i've done some mma training for a couple years and kind of just started the fan effect is realizing watching my son grow up and you know watching justice league and marvel movies and stuff like that kind of realizing that i'm seeing these connections that he made when i was a kid and I could try to give back to the community I've been a part of for a long time by kind of bringing on guests and talking about stuff myself that can kind of help people find, you know, like their own fandoms to kind of explore. That That's amazing. And it's it's crazy, too, because like during the whole COVID and everything going on, it seems like there's a ton of podcasts that have been started just for main facts like this. It's crazy to see, especially yeah, with podcasting it, being down so much lately. Yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy. And I feel like it's going to be interesting to see kind of what happens when things open back up to normal, you know, like what sticks around, what kind of falters right. off and what kind of the industry changes into. It's it's going to be really, really interesting. And I mean, I'm only a brand new podcaster. I've only been listening maybe for like six months to different podcasts and, you know, obviously just starting this a few months ago. But it, it's crazy to see the family, like the family dynamic between podcasters and, you know, just kind of how we all kind of meld together. And that in that sense, it's really cool. Really cool to check out. Oh, yeah. So we're so we're going to hit into it. First question, burning question. I like to start right off the gate. What is something either funny, amazing, cool, great, whatever the case is that your child did recently? Yeah. So I, when I was thinking about it, um, I was kind of like, man, there's, you know, he's he's pretty crazy for his age. And of course, he's a you know two-year-old boy. He's running around doing crazy things. But there's a, a story from uh, back from, geez, probably was like five, four or five months ago, but it's just, it's really funny. It's my like funniest memory of him in, uh, in quite a while. We were, we were out to eat at like a nice breakfast place and it was just me, him and my wife. And, um, he's like, you know, he's growing up and trying, you know, we're trying to teach him things like that's your ear and that's your eye. And there's like kind of like mm -hmm. a dead lull in the restaurant. And he just goes, daddy. I'm like, yeah, buddy. He's like, I have a big wee wee. <laughs> and it's just like full blast in the middle of this restaurant. 
I'm just, oh God. Oh God. Um, uh, just okay. All right, we're just good. Good job, buddy. Awesome. <laughs> really appreciate that. Thanks. I was like, all right, I'm just gonna bury my head in food and just ignore everything else that's happening around me. Oh man, they really do say the damnedest things, don't they? At the end of the day, man, it's absolutely crazy. Yeah, he he is getting very creative and trying to find ways to get out of timeout. Um, I don't know if your kids watch uh, PJ Mask at all. No, he he doesn't watch that. He's he's big into Elmo right now, so that that's mm. our that's our go. Yeah, it it it's a weird one. It's it, it's not bad. I mean, it's mm-hmm. they just three kids that have powers, and one of them has like a I don't know why, but it's like a gecko, and I don't know why a gecko would be a superhero animal, but that's what it is. And it has like a camouflage power. So if we tell him we're gonna put him in timeout, he just says his name. He just goes Cameron camouflage, and then he closes his eyes. I'm like, well, I don't want to suspend your disbelief, so I guess I can't put you in timeout anymore. And he's, Damn, foiled he's circumventing again. the rules. Yeah, I know. I'm like, you can't, you're not allowed to do that. Like, this is the only power oh, I have. I, I just, I just remember like that Buzz Lightyear meme. It's just all these years of academy training wasted. That, that's all I'm thinking about. When he that's says pretty that. much how it is. I'm like, I spent like, all this well, time thinking, like, oh man, I'm gonna be able to do these cool things, and then you're just like, no, I'm gonna figure out my oh. way around it and just make you look like a fool. <laughs> Got him. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Wonderful. So we're we're gonna dive into this. We're gonna we're really gonna hit the meat of these questions here. Just starting off. So your kid, you just said he's turning three. Were you were you planning on having a child, or did this just kind of come as a surprise for you when he was born? Yeah. So we, me and my wife, had like it was uh, it was talked about uh, down the road, but he kind of came up pretty randomly. So he was definitely a surprise. Um, like we just kind of found out she woke me up one morning. I think it was like Saturday at like 5 a.m. And she woke me up and, and told me she was pregnant. And I was like, all right, well, guess it's time to get ready. Like it was, it was like that <laughs> yeah. quick. And it was like, it was like an instant switch of, you know, like all these plans that we had thought of before, uh, you know, trips, stuff like that. Like it immediately all went out the window and just became about trying to figure out, you know, getting like a, a bigger place and, you know, cribs and, uh, and everything like it, we went from zero to a hundred real quick. Yeah. And I, I could only imagine, I mean, you know, my wife and I, we were planning on having a kid, but it took us probably about a year, year and a half before it even, it even took. And, you know, just coming as a surprise, I can only imagine like you're having all these plans like, oh yeah, we're going to, we're going to go to the like, you know, Paris in a year. And then all of a sudden it's like, hold up. No, not going to happen. Here you go. It's, you know, so I, I could just imagine like that mentality shift of like, Hey, we're going to be doing all this. You know, it's like me and my wife, we used to pick up and just go. But then it was like when we found out we we're pregnant, like, OK, we kind of knew it was coming, but it's like, OK, now it's starting to set in. So what, what did that really do? Like as a surprise, what did it do as far as like your mentality and how, how you reacted to that? Yeah. So it, it was pretty crazy because um, we had been, you know, it was like all like we had been looking at like new cars and we're trying to figure out like, oh, should we save for like this kind of house or that kind of house? And as soon as we found out, like everything changed, it, you know, then it became about like, OK, well, what cribs are we supposed to get? And I don't know how to change a diaper. Like, do you like and luckily she like she had do because she grew up with a lot of younger nieces and nephews. But I had no idea. Uh, I was the youngest kid. There was no really younger nieces uh after me in my extended family that we would watch and take care of so i had never changed a diaper uh in my entire life and now in nine months i'm going to be doing nothing but that and i was in like the heart of mma at the time so i became very self-conscious um sometimes during sparring uh about like trying to avoid getting hurt and and injuries and kind of having that internal thought of like well should i keep going or you know should i not 
and I, we had kind of talked about it uh, off the air, but I had uh, about a year ago, I'm still actually dealing with some of the after effects, but I got a, like a, almost like a stinger in my neck during mm-hmm. jujitsu training and I couldn't move my neck really all that well for roughly three to five days. Wow. And yeah. And now having, you know, I had gotten hurt before I've had minor concussions and sparring before he was born. Right. I've, you know, I've had injuries all over and before I was like, ah, whatever, I'll heal up in a week. So I'll come back. And this happened. And I was like, what happens if I can't play with him? Like what happens if this is serious and I can't carry him on my shoulders or do it? I'm still dealing with like, I can't really hold him for too long on one arm before it hurts too much. And I got to put him down. Right. You know, and that'll get fixed eventually. But yeah, it was very weird how even things that I love to do um, became more about, well, what is this worth it at the end of the day, depending on how hurt, hurt I could get or, you know, like, what is he going to need me to do versus what I, what can I do? Yeah. And I, I, I truly sympathize exactly where you're coming from with that, you know, having that doing something that you're so passionate about and that you love dearly. And then something like that happens. You're absolutely right. Like your mind just changes to this whole other perspective of, well, wait a minute, I'm going to be caring for somebody else very, very shortly. Do I really want to jeopardize myself to do something that's potentially going to maybe paralyze me one day or even worse, knock on wood? But you're you're absolutely right when it comes to that. Like I talk in the show about my medical issues and stuff like that. And I even worry there's days where I wake up and I'm like, I want to play with my kid, but I, I can't move off the couch or I can only hold him for so long as well, too. And I think that's that's a big thing that weighs a lot in new fathers and expectant fathers minds is I love this so much. This was the universe telling me, at least, you know, just what I could see is the universe telling you like, hey, this this was this was your ride. But now it's time to focus and shift gears into another perspective. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think a lot of it, too, is like not just like hobbies and stuff you like to do, but I found like the, the actual job you're doing day to day. I had been in sales for like 10 years before he was born and just steadily became more and more unhappy as I just it was never something I wanted to get into. I just kind of like you, you get into it and then you kind of like hit that roller coaster of, well, I need to stay in it because the money's good. And you fell into the security and the and the comfort. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. it got to the point where he was probably like six months old and kind of just growing up. And my wife had like, she's like, you can't do this anymore. Like, she's like, you're going to, he's going to grow up and you're going to be hating every single day of your life because you're just, you're sick of doing, you know, like what you're doing your day to day. You're sick of being in the sale. So I switched to like taking a lower income job, knowing that I would be vastly happier and he would see that growing up. And so I feel like there's, there's also that aspect of like you, mentally change what you're doing in your job you know is this happy enough you know or am i going to be miserable and you know potentially have i have those days where i'm taking it out on my kid when he's just doing stuff that kids do and i really had to like kind of sit down and realize that yeah no this this job isn't going to work and that that is some amazing like self-awareness and self-realization is to say like i'm in a horrible job i'm in the comfort i'm in the security i i know i'm good at what i do but i hate every single second of what i do and you're absolutely right i mean we see it time and time again, you know, parents who work these comfortable jobs, these not so fulfilling jobs, they come home from a hard day. They, they had the worst day of their life and their kid just wants to show them a picture they drew for them. And it's like, get out of my face. I don't I don't want to look at that right now. And I mean, how did that, you know, leaving a job from money that you were making to a lower paying job, you said you were happier, but but how did that transition feel like? How uncomfortable were you and what steps did you really push yourself to move to that position to make sure that you were happier? Yeah. So a lot of it too is just when you're doing a job that you generally didn't like 
um, it was just the the stress of going to work every day and, you know, like mm-hmm. waking up and almost being late to work on purpose because you were like, I just, I don't even want to bother going to, going to this job. And then you'd get home and, you know, he would have like one of those nights where he's crying or he's just not, you know, gross spurts or teething or something like mm-hmm. that. And I would just be like extra angry and I'd have to like, you know, you have to spend that time of like calming yourself down and realizing like this job is stressing me out so much that I'm just taking it out on on life itself. So when I transitioned to a lower paying job, I wanted to take something where I was like, you know what, I just need to take some time, reevaluate and find a job where I don't have to talk to like anyone unless it's like absolutely necessary. And I found a great job right now that, yeah, of course, the, the pay is not something that within another year or two can sustain uh a bigger like a bigger family when we right. uh, have baby number two so I know that and I'm working on it you know that's part of the reason that I did start the podcast and I'm teaching myself audio editing and video editing and Photoshop and uh, pretty much every day that I'm not playing with him I'm trying to work on something and but it's drastically different uh, to what I'm doing now. I'm able to just kind of like relax and it's it's a very stress-free job. So uh, right now I'm just working from home due to COVID still being crazy. But even right. when I was in the office, it was very easy. I'd wake up, I would drive to work, I'd come home and I'd be happy enough to play with him right away. Like I wouldn't even have to right. like come home and put my feet up. The good old yep. adage, like I just want to crack open a beer and sit yep. in the lazy boy yep. for an hour. Like I didn't need to do that. I could come home and just start playing with him right away because uh, I was not stressed out. And that that's amazing taking that self-realization and just saying hey I know I need to do this one for myself and two for my family at the end of the day so honestly Mark like I have to applaud you because that's that's really something that we try and stress here on the show is taking that self-realization and knowing hey what I'm in may not be the best avenue for my family in the long run even though you might be making good money you know you need to do what's going to be more beneficial for your kid because as they grow up they're going to see a happier father they're going to see a happier family they're not going to see somebody who was always miserable coming home from work every day and doing something that they truly, truly weren't passionate about. So I, yeah. I really do applaud you on that. And I, I know we kind of touched base on this as well, too, a little bit. But what are some things like when you have those negative thoughts as a father? Like, What, what are some things that you do yourself to make sure that you can keep a positive outlook on things? So I think part of it, too, is you have to kind of realize, like, and my wife does help me, but I, I, I know that there's plenty of times where you know, people are single fathers or, you know, have different situations. So I I try to take it from a a standpoint of when he's having those days or I'm having those doubts of, you know, he's been crying all day and I, you know, he only wants my wife and like nothing I do is, is making an impact. And you Mm -hmm. do get stressed out and you have those, you know, thoughts of like, Jesus, like how much of a, you know, bad father am I, you know, he's my son and I can't get him to, to calm down at all. It's, it's it, it is tough. Like he's definitely a mama's boy. So there's days where it does weigh on you when he's crying and says, "No, I don't. I don't like you. I only want mom." Yeah. Like, oh yeah. And you get that. You're like, oh man, like this sucks. But yeah, I, I try to take it from the viewpoint of like odds are a lot of us were the same way when we were kids, and they just don't really know any better. So he's you know like they don't actually hate you for people that are out there that are you know listening or if you're going to be a father there's going to be days where your kids is going to tell you that he hates you and doesn't like you and you know it's just it's just because it's just at that moment so you, you kind of have to like just reset your mind you know if there's if you have like a hobby or something that you like to do or even if it's like a favorite tv show for for 30 minutes you know sometimes that's all i would need like i'm a huge fan of the office i don't don't care how many times i've seen it I'll, <laughs> I, it's, it's my all-time it's just one of my awesome like background shows so if I'm ever having a really rough day and I know that I have a little bit of time because he's, you know, uh, eating a bottle or he's uh, drinking out of his sippy cup or something like that, like I'll just 
take 15, 20 minutes to watch part of a show and like reset my brain uh, a little bit. And that tends to actually help like a lot. That's that's awesome because taking that moment for yourself and in a situation that could ultimately lead or possibly lead to something that could be a lot worse because you're right. They're young. They don't understand. Hey, when they say the words, I hate you, it really doesn't have a lot of meaning behind it because they don't they don't truly understand the meaning associated with it. Or like you said, you know, mama's boy, my kid, he's not even two years old. He's a mama's boy, but he's not speaking a lot. But you can clearly tell and you see those. And you're right. And, you know, I have my days and I know Ryan does as well, too, where it's just anything you try is not working. And especially like my wife right now, too, is working from home constantly. So my wife's always there. My wife's always worked from home. So he was very used to her working from home. And now with me working from home, he's in that weird zone of like, well, mom's always going to work from home. Dad's only home probably for right now. So I'm just going to be hardcore mom. And that way, when dad goes back to work, uh, you know, I can kind of just deal with it. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of like a weird like rationalization of like, okay, th- this is how it's going to work out. So and they kind of put it in their own minds. I, I, I like that. I like that. But you're, you're absolutely right. Taking that taking that moment for yourself, even if it's 15, 20 minutes, just taking that moment to calm yourself, listen to some music, watch The Office. I love The Office too. It's always on. I'm only 20 minutes from Scranton personally. So I <laughs> oh, am The uh, Office. Oh, geez. I'm, I'm a little bit of jealous. I'm a little bit of jealous on that one. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> Oddly I, enough, I, I hear that. <laughs> Oddly enough, I hear that quite a bit. So. Yeah, I, I can't blame you on that. I was, um, yeah. I was checking over like um, some stuff on the podcast, like listener locations, and it was like you have a listen from Scranton, Pennsylvania, and I'm like, I don't care what or who it is. I'm, I'm forever saying that's Michael Scott. And I don't care what anyone else tells me. That's who listened to it. I don't, I don't care what anything else happens. So we got got a few more questions jumping in here. You're throwing out a lot of great information for these fathers listening today and for even the other listeners that may not be fathers who know them. Maybe some great advice that they could give down the road as well, too. So we're going to keep this going. This one I always like because I'm big into self-realization and really looking back on my life. When you're looking back at your childhood, what are some things that you that you're working to instill in your child? This question actually was like probably one of the more intriguing ones for me just because we had mentioned it previously when you were kind of talking about, you know, like dealing with like kind of like what your parents were and and different things. And uh, growing up, one of the reasons why I'm trying to be more active now is that my dad worked so much in a job he really didn't enjoy all that much, you know, 70, 80 hours a week that we really didn't have much of a relationship until I was well into my teens. And um, then we actually started doing stuff together. But, you know, I there was no much of like playing catch and, you know, like stuff like that. Like, there was, but it was very far in between. It was because of how much he had to work uh, to support the family and everything like that, which, of course, obviously very appreciate now. But when you're when you're a kid, you don't you don't connect those dots. And what I'm trying to instill in him is that, you know, like, yes, I'm going to have to work. And yes, there's going to be days where I'm talking to people or I'm doing something else. But at the end of the day, as soon as I'm done with that, you know, I'm going to go downstairs and I'm going to play with you. And, you know, like that I'll always be, you know, there for him if he's crying or if he's hurt or something scares him. And it's trying to take the flip side of kind of what I was what I grew up with and, and seeing the stuff that I now you know, down the road or realizing like, I wish I had had more of those moments with my dad now. Like, of course, now we're amazing, but I wish mm-hmm. I had seen those moments earlier on. And so I'm, that's what I try to kind of instill with him is because that's what they're going to remember right. in, in now for newer fathers or fathers out there. It's it's the memories early on. Like sometimes you, you, tr- you kind of trap yourself into thinking of 
like, oh, well, it'll be okay. He'll be a, he'll be a kid and he'll be seven or eight. And he's not going to remember a lot of this stuff. So it's fine. And that might seem fine now, but trust me, those days when they're one, two, three, and they actually will go to you when they're scared or something's bothering them or they just want you to hold them or lay on you or something like it's those small moments that make all the other times where you wish you could have just relaxed or something like that uh, completely worth it. And it's really just instilling that atmosphere of like, it doesn't matter what I'm doing, you can bother me. Like when I, every time I do a podcast with a guest or even if it's not with a guest or if I'm just with myself, I, I warn everybody. I'm like, there's a very high chance a two-year-old's going to run into the room. We'll have to pause. Mm-hmm. And we'll pick up when I ever when I help him with whatever he needs help with and he'll leave the room. And it's because I always tell him, you know, it doesn't matter if, I, if daddy's talking to someone. If you need me, just come into the room. And it's I think it's just little things like that that help let them know that uh, regardless of what you're doing, that they, they can go to you if they need to. I want to break that down because all of that was absolute amazement. I mean, at the end of the day, you're absolutely right. You know, you came from a situation where your father was working constantly. You know, you easily could have told yourself growing up, hey, this is the way that this is the way that parenthood is like you're supposed to work 70, 80 hours a week. You're supposed to be miserable when you come home. You're you know, dad's not always going to be there to play catch every single day or do what you know, do what I need to do. Instead, you took situations from your life, the negative situations that you had in your life. And you said, you know what? I'm going to be a parent that's not going to do this to my kid. And I'm going to make sure that they know I'm there for them all the time because you absolutely nailed it. When it comes down to it, kids remember the smallest details. They they really, really do. And when you're older, that's what you come back to remember. Those small details have a massive impact. And I, I really love, you know, how you said, like, hey, when I'm in the middle of recording or I'm doing something and you tell your guests, like, hey, listen, my my family comes first. Like th- this is how this is how it's gonna be. You know, that's something that I work on myself with all the time because I'm so I get so enamored with my work and I'm so into things that even I have to take a step back sometimes and say, listen, this this was my life too. My kid, he's only two. You know, I want to make sure I spend at least five, ten minutes with him, whatever the case is. You know, he's not as mobile or independent, but I I truly, truly agree with that statement there is getting those, you know, I always say getting those reps in, but getting those reps in on fatherhood and making sure that they know you're there for them at the end of the day. Oh yeah, exactly. And yeah. It, I mean, it's, it's going to be tough, but oh, it's yeah. sometimes, like you said, it's taking that extra, you know, 10, 15 minutes or, you know, whatever it might be, you know, spending the extra five minutes, giving them a bath when you know, you should probably take them out, but it's playing with them that extra five minutes or yep. it, it, sometimes it's something just as simple as that. Just remember those five minutes are going to have a massive impact at the end of the day, whatever it is you do. So we're going to move on here. Uh, next question kind of went a little out of order, but that's cool. It's my show. Do, we do. We, we do here at the show. <laughs> what is one thing that you wish you knew when you were becoming a father? So there's probably a very long laundry list of things that if I really sat down, it would probably be like 10 million pages of stuff. Um, but I've had a few friends that have had kids since then. And I, they've asked like, well, what what's like the biggest shock thing? And as weird as it sounds, it's the lack of sleep of anything else. You know, like uh, I was, I grew up a huge gamer, so I thought, well, I got this. I've stayed up till <laughs> four or five in the morning playing video games. Like I can handle lack of sleep. No, it is drastically nope. different when it's a kid crying. It is so much different, and it's and honestly, that's the that's the different part because if you have a colicky kid, so if if you're a newer father, there's a a chance if you have a if a kid that they might become colicky, which is pretty much translate to lots and lots of extra crying during like the first month or two. And 
he started to get that way. He ended up he ended up getting out of it. We did get very very lucky in our regard. He started sleeping uh, a lot longer early on, um, so we got very lucky. But I understand that's not a common situation. So it, it's the lack of right. sleep because it's a it's a very different type of lack of sleep because you I know there's plenty of people out there like yeah I play video games or I watch anime all night mm-hmm. or you know I I I've partied all night before like I can totally do this it, it I don't know what it is but it's something about staying up all night with the crying child that's drastically different and it's finding something that helps and for me it was uh early on it was there was a certain way that only I could hold him when he was growing up that he would fall asleep to and it was, it was something that I randomly discovered that if I held him this way and I kind of bounced when I walked, uh, it would help soothe him and he'd, he'd fall back asleep. So I'm not saying that will work for, for everyone, but it's when you're having those sleepless nights and the kid's up crying all night and you can't figure it out and you know maybe they don't like a pacifier. Like mine hated a pacifier, so that was never an option for us. What, that was the thing I, I would wish I knew is that you're going to have those lack of sleep days. So there's going to be something you can do when you're having those nights that's going to help them calm down. Yeah, you're not going to sleep, but it's going to help them calm down. And it's it's very weird, but that's something that I wish someone could have like instilled upon me is like, find the one thing that helps your kid go to sleep and just harp on that like for weeks and weeks because that's what led to him going to sleep uh, a little bit better is that he knew if I if I started doing this, it was, oh, dad's doing this. That means I'm, you know, I'm safe or this feels comfortable or whatever mm-hmm. it was. So. That'd be the biggest thing that I wish I knew was that you're going to have weird lack of sleep, but your kid will have something that will help them sleep and just find what that is and spend a couple of weeks really drilling that in for every nap, uh, every night when they go to bed and it, it will help them sleep longer in the long run. All that routine, guys, that routine. Babies, like th- those young ones, they just strive on routine. The moment you break it, forget about it. You, you like sleep? Yeah, too bad. It's not going to happen not going to happen. And I'm a, I'm a big gamer too. And oh, yeah. you know, I, I remember looking back and I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm going to have a kid. Like I, I stayed up playing destiny Two, raiding all night till three, four in the morning. This will be no problem yet. No, no. Luckily our kid, he, he liked to stay asleep quite a bit, <laughs> but man, when he didn't want to fall back to sleep, I felt it. I, it, and you're absolutely right. It's a weird, different kind of exhaustion. It's not that, Oh, I'm doing something I love. Like, yeah, you love your child, but you're not, you're not raiding at two o'clock in the morning with six goons trying to figure out the last the last puzzle of the spots it's, it's not that way it's that you know oh god okay so and then you're trying to think about ways and like you said just building that routine making it known like okay when this happens i'm safe i'm taken care of i could be you know i could drift off and do my thing i feel like that's a big thing that a lot of fathers either they don't get when they're told that or they're just kind of brushed it off and like, oh, hey, you're going to have a kid. You're never going to sleep again. Ha 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 ha. Yeah, thanks. OK, I know how that goes. <laughs> it's like nobody ever sits down and says like, hey, you're not going to sleep. But here's some things that you could do that's maybe going to help that issue. And like you said, a colicky baby. Colic is a hell of a thing. And knock on wood, we haven't had that issue or ever had that issue. But there's those parents out there that do deal with that. So being able to say like, hey, this is the main thing that you should at least try and look at. And at least ways to combat it, I mean, is is absolutely crucial in both your sanity, your child and your partner's sanity. Oh, yeah, definitely. I always love this question and it's such a loaded question, but I feel you get the most the most emotion and the most this is me at the end of the day. So, Mark, for you, what would you consider to be like your biggest downfall or failure as a father? And what are some things that you did to help combat those feelings that you were having? 
So it's kind of an interesting two-part answer. And I think part of it does tie with something I said earlier. And um, when I was like an earlier father, I almost like I almost fell into the trap of kind of what I was growing up with, where I was kind of like spending too much time on like hobbies and stuff like that and and kind of seeing like some some disconnect and things are obviously way better now. But there was like a few months where it was like nothing I did would would calm him down. And, you know, like you you sit there and you're kind of like it'll be like dead of the night and and there'd be nights where even he was asleep, I couldn't sleep because I'm like, the, I'm, I'm clearly do, I'm doing something wrong. And you have like those those doubts and, it, you know, it creeps into your head that you're not a good father because, you know, they're not attached to you or they're not responding to you or you're not able to calm them down uh, regardless of what you do. And that's really when I had to sit back and think of like spending those extra five minutes and doing those extra things with him, you know, taking like the extra long walk. And I had those days where you're you start crying because you're like, this is mm-hmm. you know, like this is tough. And, you know, you don't you don't know what to do to combat it because obviously your kid's not going to suddenly just change behavior when they're that young. It's it's you know, they're it's instilled in them. They're you know not used to you doing a certain thing. And so it was it's very weird, you know, for newer fathers that are listening or, you know, expecting fathers, even when you do see an issue and you you go to correct it you get those days. It's never instantaneous. And that was very hard to learn for me because even when I did see a problem like, oh, I should spend an extra five minutes with him or you know what? I haven't put him down for a nap in, in a little bit. I should do that. Or you know what? I haven't changed the the poopy diaper in, in a little bit. I should I should probably make sure I do that. And did they see you trying to do and they start squirming and fighting and screaming and, and throwing things at you and you, you get frustrated and you want to just like hit something or burst into tears or you know whatever it is. And that was the biggest thing that I considered that I thought was me, you know, failing was just because even when I saw an issue and I tried to correct it, it was like, I didn't see it change. And it's, it's very weird. You, you expect that because they're so young that you're going to get like this instant gratification of change. And that was like the big thing that I had to realize that it was my failure for expecting that just because I'm suddenly doing something better or that I'm doing something that I should have been doing doesn't change the fact that I didn't do it uh, originally. So really, really focusing in and honing in on patience and really understanding like, hey, this is Rome isn't built in a day and neither am I. And, you know, just instilling that in my kid, like, you know, I understand you're learning and you're growing and just thinking that, okay, if I change that diaper, if I do this thing, then then the world's going to change and everything's going to get back to normal. Yeah. And I think that's that's that was probably a a big failure of mine early on is, you know, you expect why I did this one thing. So he should be totally okay with me now. And it's 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 very tough to to realize, like, well, I didn't do it for the first couple of weeks that he was born. Um, He's used to mom Mm -hmm. doing it. He's used to that, you know, her touch Mm -hmm. just because I'm doing it now doesn't change the fact that, you know, I missed the gate uh, on the first go around. And I think that's a big thing. And I'm, I know that was always tough for you, too. And I think that's a big thing for fatherhood because it, it speaks volumes. It's something so small, right? Like us as fathers, we're so used to that. I always say the stigma of fatherhood, like the one that could just go in and Mr. Fix it. And, you know, you go in with your touch and boom, everything is taken care of. Everything is done. And, you know, everything just works out perfectly with duct tape and a little bit of scotch at the end of the day. But reality sets in and it's not like that. It's not that instant gratification. It's that having that patience. And like you said, you know, your wife doing something for weeks and then you go in thinking it's all going to be okay. And really, it's not. And I think a lot of new fathers, and especially myself, coming, you know, coming out of that is we're really trying to focus ourselves as saying, okay, 
it's not a perfect situation. I can't make it perfect. But damn it, if I'm not going to continue and try and keep doing something to get that extra five minutes with my son or to do that little extra or to change that poopy diaper or whatever the case is, it's really being saying, okay, this isn't happening. I don't want to get frustrated. I don't want to fall down that hole of anxiety and depression and just want to burst out in tears. But I also need to reflect on who I am and how I can make a situation better, not just for myself, but for my family. Yeah, exactly. And it's 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 going to be tough just you know it's it, not just from the standpoint of you you expect something to change but you might suddenly take over changing every diaper but it, it it doesn't matter the there's still that instillment of something else and you know it, early on that's that's a very tough thing as you're trying to juggle you know trying to teach them new things watching them grow up you know <laughs> essentially keeping them alive and uh you know trying to figure out what it is that they need you know what what could you be doing better and then not realizing that like you can't you know hang out with friends or you know mm-hmm. go get that beer that you would normally be able to get and it's that's it's a culture shock when you suddenly go from being able to do whatever you want to, yeah, no, it's probably going to be a very long time before I can even conceivably leave the house to do something, you know, without like giving my wife like a weeks of prep, like a week of preparation time <laughs> that I might be gone for a few hours one day. Just being able to prep yourself for that and just say, okay, everything's going to work out in the long run. Just take it one day at a time and one step at a time and we'll figure it out as we go. Really, we're, we're all fumbling through this world when it comes to it. So we're going to get back into this. We're going to flip the script a little bit. Mark gave us some awesome, awesome tips for all you fathers listening out there today. I hope you took a lot of notes because we're still not done yet. So I talked about it a little bit in the beginning of the episode. Mark just recently launched the Fandom Effect podcast. So Mark, why don't you tell any of our listeners who might be who might be interested in this what the podcast is and uh, why you started it? Uh, I had podcasted before, but I when I was kind of seeing him grow up and uh, we were watching like some DC universe stuff on my phone. I'm I was like I had mentioned it previously, but I was watching him make his own fandoms and find his own favorite you know superheroes or actually wanting to read a comic or something like that. And I thought back to my own life, you know, three years old, sitting in my dad's lap playing River Raid uh, on the Atari. Oh. And like, that was the first game I had ever, I know it was a throwback (laughs) and like remembering beating that. And then like, my dad was never a huge nerd, but like hearing him talk about like the old Conan the Barbarian comics from, you know, the late sixties, early seventies and seeing all these different things growing up, I'm realizing like, well, now he's seeing me do these things. And I real I sat back and I was just thinking like, man, it's crazy to think how all these different fandoms that I've been a part of or things that I've found to, to get into, you know, Doctor Who, stuff like that, that like how it's crazy how what a different path of life it led me down, you know, getting into anime led me into cosplay, which led me into meeting some of my like favorite voice actors and celebrities of all time. It led me to a very interesting story, which we don't have probably don't have time for, but where I worked with Rob Schneider for a day at a Comic-Con convention. And I realized that all these things connect one way or the other. There's an old like Kevin Bacon movie, like six degree or six six degrees of Kevin Bacon, I think, or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I was realizing like essentially that's the same way in terms of like the nerd and geek culture. You know, like if you connect enough dots, you'll get from one fandom to another fandom. And so I realized like, well, maybe I could bring on people to talk about, you know, how they became a comic book artist or a pixel artist or a voice actor or a MMA fighter, cosplayer or a dungeon master for Dungeons and Dragons. And was like, well, then besides that, I have stuff I could talk about, you know, animes I've watched or things I've subscribed to that are worth the money and not worth the money. So I kind of started the Phantom Effect as my own way of giving back, but also to provide other people an opportunity to learn the things that I did from a different source. So whether it's 
just listening to me talk about an anime that I watched and realizing like, yeah, you know what, I'll give that a shot. Or listening to a guest talk about how they became a pixel artist and the passion that it brought them and someone being like, you know what, I've thought about that. You know what, I'm going to go ahead and try it and try to you know give people that encouragement to, to take the steps that I had friends and stuff that helped me take or stuff that I just kind of had to take that leap of faith. And I know how scary it is to take that leap of faith. So if I can give someone the opportunity to lessen the burden of taking that leap of faith and find something new that they like and could potentially find lifelong friends from, you know, that that's what speaks to me. That's awesome. And having that passion, right? Being uncomfortable, getting out of your comfort zone is how you're going to grow at the end of the day. So it's an awesome podcast. Check it out. And if Mark, if anybody wants to check out Phantom Effect, where can they find you? Phantom Effect is going to be, we're pretty much on everywhere right now except for Instagram. So Facebook, Twitter, at Phantom Effect. Uh, probably the Facebook's what we're going to be most active at. But of course, you could reach me on anything else. Uh, we're pretty much on every available platform, Apple, Google, iHeart. Uh, Pandora's being working on right now. Google Play, if you can name the podcast streaming device, we're probably on it. And um, you can message me. Uh, if you also want to shoot me an email, uh, the Phantom Effect Podcast at gmail.com. Um, I'm pretty responsive on uh, that email as well. But really, any way you guys want to get a hold of me, you can always reach out. If you guys have like a person that you like, like a YouTube or something like that, you want me to try to get them in as a guest, um, I always welcome fan recommendations for people that you would want to hear from. That's awesome. And links for all that stuff will be in the description of this episode. So you could be able to find it right then and there for you guys. So Mark, just to wrap all this up for our listeners today, uh, what is your call to action for our listeners? And in your own words, what does it mean to be a fearless father? Yeah, so my my call to action, I'll keep it with, you know, fatherhood. Of course, you guys can always find me for the Phantom Effect stuff. But it's, you know, find the hobbies, you know, that you like and try to do things with your, you know, your kid that brought you the, the 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 hobbies early on you know your fandoms whether it's a tv show or you know fishing or you know something like that you know it's spending the extra time realizing that yes whatever it is they're probably going to be very bad at it but it's trust me it's it's so worth it to try those things with them um that's gonna be my call to action for you guys is find the hobby that you liked when you were a kid or something that you're a fan of now and just go do it with your kids spend that that you know that time teaching them how to do the things that you know how to do right now and if i'm trying to think of what it means to me to be a fearless father. It's taking both feet and jumping into the unknown. You know, fatherhood's one of those things that I've learned is not something where you can kind of put one foot in the water and, you know, check the temperature and then, you know, wait to see if you want to like wade in the rest of the way. You just have to jump in the pool, the entire, you know, the cannonball style, whether it's cold or hot, and just like pop out of the water and kind of see where you are and swim, swim for shore from there. And it's, it's just knowing that you've got to take that giant leap because at the end of the day, you know, like, yes, you know, I've, I've talked about the hardships and stuff, but the, the happy memories of, you know, when he's scared and he just wants me to, you know, hold him or, you know, like we're playing outside and he just wants to go take a walk and he just wants to tell me about this adventure in his head that, you know, Superman is having fighting against Lex Luthor. Like, and he spends 10 minutes on the walk just telling me this story that he's come up with. And it's, and, you know, you wouldn't get there if you didn't just jump in and see where kind of fatherhood takes you. So that's that's kind of like my biggest advice is just jump in and just kind of see where it takes you. There you go, guys. Take that jump. Take that plunge into the unknown. Become fearless. Spend those moments and spend those hobbies. Build those passions with your kids at the end of the day. That's how you learn and grow. So I want to thank wholeheartedly for Mark of The Phantom Effect joining us on today's episode of Fearless Fathers. He threw a lot of great information out there for you guys. Hopefully something resonated with you. Thank you for listening. Mark, thank 
thank you for being a guest on this show. It was absolutely amazing to have you on here with us today. Yeah, of course. Anytime. For any of our listeners out there, as always, you can always find us on our Facebook and Instagram, Fearless Fathers Podcast. Check out our Patreon page, uh, Fearless Fathers when you search there, even for as little as a dollar a month, it's going to help us go a long way of building this brand and making this something for a community to build and break the stigma that is fatherhood that we fight every single day. If you want to be a guest on this show as well, too, or even if you want to share your story on how you became a fearless father and you want to remain anonymous or you want to spill it all out, by all means, shoot us an email at fearlessfatherspodcast at gmail.com. Let us know. We'd love to have you on the show or we'd love to hear how you're becoming a fearless father. Just because your kids learn and grow every single day doesn't mean you cannot do the same. It's not about being a fearful father. It's about being a fearless father. And together, we'll embrace the fear. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks.